Well, thank you, Denise and Alex and Warren and everyone who makes a, a, a service like this possible. And thank you to all of you who are, are out in cyberspace online right now. It's uh, appropriate that we lift up our Green Sanctuary folks and our, our status as being committed to respecting the Earth physically and spiritually as it is the time of the changing of seasons, the equinox, the beginning of spring, and all the glory that it entails, except, except that the world is on its head right now. For me, these last few weeks have been as a waking dream, knowing that every time I do something, it might be the last time I do it for a while, like dropping off my child at the bus stop for school, going to the grocery store or the library, worshiping with all of you. And as one with immense relative privilege, who has a freezer for an extra week's worth of food stores, plenty of bandwidth for binge-watching British reality TV on Netflix, and a private backyard to enjoy even while distancing socially, I shudder to imagine what much of this country, of this world, might be experiencing during this crisis. The surreal understanding that the playgrounds are closed. Not that the weather has been particularly conducive for spending a whole lot of time outside recently, but never in my life, never perhaps since the polio epidemic, have playgrounds been so empty. Yes, the beautiful realization of this first day of spring is clouded by the ominous news from around the world that people are getting sick quickly. And some of them are getting very sick. All of us here are somewhere on that spectrum from dismissive and optimistic to downright terrified. Now, to be fair, I don't think either of the extremes is necessarily called for, but there is certainly that tension even among us, even within me as an individual from moment to moment. But for better or worse, we're settling into this new reality one by one, each at our own pace and rate of resistance. We struggle to realize that we just can't be out as much, just can't see the folks we want to see, go the places we'd like to go, like school and work and church, the movies, a restaurant. The overwhelming economic implications of what's happening is astounding, and anyone who tells you that they know what the result is going to be is lying. Yes, like our patience and our understanding, our connections are being tested and formed and rebuilt all at the same time. And it seems like springtime is the furthest thing from our minds. Except, except it isn't, or shouldn't be. Ancient peoples the world over recognized the equinox, 
That time this past week when Earth's elliptical orbit around the sun aligned at a right angle with the tilted axis of rotation, and for a moment, a split second, the measure of light and dark is in perfect celestial balance. This magical astronomical and astrological phenomenon of the cosmos attaining, if only for that brief instant, the balance it seems we seek all year. In our northern hemisphere, this day of balance is followed by increasing light to the detriment of darkness. It marks the true beginning of the growing season. This is a time our agrarian ancestors would celebrate the end of winter and the beginning of the fertile time, complete with festivals and holidays to welcome new life into the world. Planting and cultivation work would begin amidst the celebration of this new life. Plant, animal, and our own. This year we find an interesting mix of life in different stages. Bulbs and flowers which respond to the warmth of the soil are already making their presence known. Trees and bushes whose leaves open to the increasing sun are still mostly tucked away in tiny buds with only the promise of bloom. A time of expectant balance, like the pause at the peak of a high diver's launch or the creaking of a bowstring, that moment of stasis right before potential becomes kinetic. But this doesn't feel like a time of balance. It doesn't feel like we are on the cusp of something bigger, more beautiful, more loving. No, it doesn't feel like that. Bombarded as we are with interactive maps that show increasing levels of infection densities, the overwhelming exponential growth of cases around us this last week, Increasing pressures and regulations to stay at home, coupled with the blatant failure of our governmental leadership at the highest levels, is anything but confidence-inspiring, anything but hopeful. But spring has come, whether we or governments or viruses like it or not. The earth is awakening again and beginning to send us that message of love and care that the earth itself has everything we need to survive and thrive and continue our own existence. And that, in no small way, the earth itself loves us. This cosmic organism of which we are a part has, consciously or not, harbored us and shaped our very beings. In some ways, the earth, forever turning, has given birth to life and taught us how to love. Where the very nature of, well, nature, is made up of complex systems that address the simplest of needs to replicate, to reproduce, to keep life going. Not a single living thing, not a single living thing lives in isolation. 
All life, in some respect, is communal. From the tiniest single-celled organisms swirling in Lake Michigan to the most complex hierarchical colonies of insects in the rainforest, and everything in between, all life needs other life. The survival of our species, any species, is dependent upon countless connections within and outside of ourselves. Springtime is a reminder of this, of the interconnectedness of our lives with other people, other beings, and with the slow, rhythmic tipping of our planet towards and away from the sun. And as we lifted up last week, what is so frustrating about the current day is that though increasing is that through increasing restrictions on travel and assembly and what is looking like a shelter-in-place order soon enough is that we are being asked to give up our physical connections with the folks we need the most right now. The friends from across town, the grandkids, the neighbors, the church friends. It is so easy to feel isolated when we're being asked to isolate. Go figure. But that's where the invisible strings come in. We are all, like our story said, connected by invisible strings of love. They bind us forever together with those people we hold dear, no matter the mood or season or situation. Our invisible strings crisscross this sanctuary like a great invisible web pulling to and from every direction. But there are other strings. The wireless networks that are connecting us even now are strings. Some invisible, some very visible. The telephone lines, also very visible, that allow us to call and speak with anyone we love. No social distancing required. So too does the earth have her own strings. Buffeting currents of air and water, pushing and pulling life into constant motion, impelling interaction and community and relationship. All of these strings, visible and invisible alike, continue to draw us together despite myriad other pressures to keep us apart. And just look at what can happen when we maintain our connections and keep working together despite the barriers to doing so. Because of quarantines in China, there has been a significant drop in global carbon dioxide emissions, saving the equivalent of what the entire country of Chile produces each year in just about a month. Thanks to halting cruise ship and motorboat use, the water in Venice is running clear for the first time in decades, if not longer. And across the globe, thousands of people are propelling our quest for a COVID-19 vaccine by donating the processing power of their video game systems to help decode and decipher our growing cache of coronavirus data. And in just 
one short week of preparation. Today, our Congress is voting on somewhere close to two trillion, with a T, trillion dollars worth of support for our economy and our people. Imagine the, the largest sum of non-budgeted money to ever leave Washington may, in fact, pass into law faster than any legislation in the last two administrations. So yes, spring continues to come and equinox continues to signal the tipping point between snow and rain, dark and light, potential energy turned to kinetic force. And as with any transition point, it provides us with a spiritual opportunity to pause, to take notice, and to reflect. Though the details about what this spring will look and feel like to many of us is not yet clear, the spiritual opportunity still exists as it always does, every equinox. So I encourage you to return to your spiritual practice worksheet Find those things in your respective flames that feed you regardless of circumstance. And take, advantages, take advantage of the activities and connections we may still have, even while being physically distant. It is okay to go outside if you stay six feet away from others. So please, do work in your garden. Take a walk. Get some exercise. Find the sun when it actually comes out. It is good to stay in contact. Make calls, write emails and Facebook posts. Go live with your reflections online. Reach out to folks you haven't heard from in a while. Tell someone that you love them. And know that we all love you, too. Equinox reminds us that a change is coming and that we can either be fearful or hopeful in that change. Though we don't know what this next season will entail, we do know that it will be filled with the connections we make, the relationships we maintain, and the ways we foster our spiritual selves. So this springtime, might we all rest in the confidence of our strings, those that hold us up and connect us to each other, the earth's abundance, and to the love we all deserve and are all called to serve. Happy springtime, everyone. Stay safe and healthy. Blessed be and amen.